content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher indeed, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Hey, guys. Hello. Well, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you know what that means, right? Mary. That means Mary. Mary Holland. <laughs> Mary and Monday. Absolutely. Mary Holland, everyone. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Mary? I'm doing great. Glad to Good. be here. Glad to have you here. We've got so much to cover, you guys. And no one better to cover it with than Mary Holland. She serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts and Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public and private law, and Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic and the HPV Vaccine on Trial. Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. Uh, children's webs, uh, Their website for Children's Health Defense is childrenshealthdefense.org. And Mary, I have to say right out of the gate that, uh, you know, I'm excited about the uh, potential uh, running of, of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president in 2024. It's exciting. We, as a, as a tax-exempt organization, take no position on candidates, Bernadette, so it's yep. not really something I can discuss. Okay. But uh, he has said up in New Hampshire that he's thinking about it. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I read, and I actually sent a little money to the campaign, and I'm all for it. So uh, <laughs> just, just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, it's an exciting new development for sure. I do, t- I do too, and I just wanted to uh, just you know put it out there for everyone uh, to uh, think about because I really do. I know you said you can't comment, but for me personally, I really do see him as um, the answer to what this country needs and what this world needs. And uh, he certainly has the name and the history behind it. So uh, I'm happy to see it. Very, very happy. But today we're talking about the most read news and views of the week with Mary Holland and the childrenshealthdefense.org. And so let's go to the first story. There are some really great stories this week. And I've done a little bit of my own uh, uh, journalism as well uh, and actually talked to people on a couple of these different stories. But the first headline from the Defender newsletter reads, Exclusive Mother. Mother Sue's D.C. doctor who gave kids a COVID vaccines without consent. So, Mary, I know you have very strong feelings about this case, as do I. Can you explain what happened to these two children and why this case had to be filed and why it must be brought to the public's attention? Sure. So this is a mom of three kids, uh, and she took her two older kids, 15 and 17, to a mobile health clinic in the District of Columbia. And she told the doctor, you know, the kids are going to come in for their physicals, and I'm going to sit right out here with my infant. She had a third younger child, but call me if you need anything from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two teenagers, 15 and 17, a sister and a brother, went in together, 
And these teens knew that they did not want COVID shots. They knew that their mom was against this. And the doctor simply came at these kids with a syringe and said, you need this for school, which was a lie. Um, the doctor did not get the consent from the mom, and one of the children received a COVID shot and a meningitis. The other received the COVID, the meningitis, and the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis Uh, vaccine. Um, And these kids felt they were imprisoned. They felt that they were intimidated by this physician, and uh, this is just wrong. The mom says correctly that she was violated. Her children were violated. She Mm -hmm. was violated. And so she is suing with our support for false imprisonment, battery, and fraud. Yeah. Uh, the doctor lied to these children. That was a fraud. And uh, the doctor assaulted them physically. And one of the important dimensions of this case, Bernadette, is that um, there's a liability protection law that's even more extreme than the 1986 Act. The PREP Act from 2005 basically says you can't sue the doctors, you can't sue the healthcare workers, you can't sue the pharmaceutical companies for anything related to the shots. And so this is not per se the shot. This is that the doctor uh, didn't get legal consent. She Mm -hmm. vaccinated these children without consent. And so this will help us to establish that there is still law that relates to fraud and battery and false imprisonment. So this is a very important case, and we're very proud to be working with Ms. McNeil to bring it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, I, I was right there with the mom. I would have been out of my mind had that happened to my children. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, the, you know, I don't know, just the just the attitude, the arrogance, the hubris of this doctor thinking that, you know, she's beyond the rules, right, or beyond the parental uh, decision-making of the parents, right, or parent in this uh, situation. I just, I, I, I thought it was just unbelievable. And as you said, you know, and the child even backed away and tried to get away from the doctor, and she still came at, uh, I think the, it was the daughter, right, that she came yeah, after? The daughter, the older yeah, one first. yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so the younger sibling thought, well, if my sister submitted, I, I guess I should submit. And you know, I get it. Being a teenager uh, confronted with a white-coated, much older doctor when you're in their clinic, it, it's an intimidating experience. It's not like this is a you know, and another adult. These were children, and this was this was absolutely unethical, and it. Mm-hmm. Um, It's a tort. It's a civil wrong. And um, we'll see what's going to happen, Bernadette. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, Mm -hmm. a court will understand this um, for what it is. Well, isn't D.C. where they try to um, vaccinate children uh, under the age of 12 without their parents' consent, too? So, so we won a preliminary injunction against the district that had passed a law saying that children as young as 11 oh, okay. could receive any vaccine, including COVID shots, without their parental knowledge or consent. It would just be, it would be charged secretly to the parents' insurance company, which is just unbelievable. And we, the court stopped that. A federal court stopped it. And so, in the, this context, this doctor was lying to the children that um, they had to get these shots for school. And it was explicitly against the law what she mm-hmm. did. They mm-hmm. could not give consent. She, may, she might say, well, they were able to give consent. No, they absolutely were not. Yeah. 
No, well, and, and, and you know, as a, as a parent, you, you know, you always think about this, especially now. I think all parents do now, now that this has come to the forefront, how many people really do get injured by vaccines. I don't think it was mainstream until COVID happened. And I think that's one of the good things that came out of this whole uh, pandemic and this COVID crisis is that parents are now more aware than ever. Would you agree of, of all the dangers of vaccines? Well, I think people still are ignorant about all of the dangers, um, Bernadette, because they they just cover every dimension of Mm -hmm, health. mm -hmm. But I do think that people are much more aware that vaccines can be very hazardous. And in fact, a recent poll shows that 25 percent of Americans believe that they know someone who died in connection to a COVID shot. So people are much more aware than they have ever been Uh of the possible bad side effects of vaccines. Well, yeah. And if one of her children were injured, you know, she's got no place to go. Well, exactly. I mean, fortunately, at the moment, both of these children seem okay. But one of the things we're learning about these COVID shots, Bernadette, is that the after effects can come way later. Mm-hmm. And that's true for other vaccines, too. It can take years for an autoimmune condition to develop. And we right. do know that vaccines can cause autoimmune problems. Absolutely. I think that's what happened to me from getting tetanus shots every time I would get injured in one of the restaurants. You know, I was much younger then. I didn't really know the science, didn't really pay attention, didn't have children yet. And just, you know, I used to get a tetanus shot probably every two or three years, every time I'd cut my hand on a knife and run to the emergency room, go get some stitches, you know. (laughs) I used to do dishes really fast. (laughs) I would always get injured from time to time. But uh, you know what? I think we'll go to break before we uh, continue on with the rest of the news and views uh, of the week with Mary Holland and the Children's healthdefense.org. Everyone stay tuned. We will be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. Health, freedom, news, and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. One Life Radio will be right back. Get ready to optimize your health at KetoCon 2023, April 21st through the 23rd at the Palmer Event Center in Austin, Texas. KetoCon is more than the ketogenic diet. With over 70 speakers and 100 vendors, KetoCon is the largest gathering of thought leaders and health innovators in the world, sharing the latest research and cutting-edge technologies to help you reach your peak metabolic health at any age. Now it's time to optimize your health at KetoCon, April 21st through the 23rd in Austin, Texas. Go to KetoCon.org by April 1st for $50 off a three-day pass. And for a limited time, One Life Radio listeners can use the code OLR at checkout for another $50 off your three-day pass for a total savings of $100. Go to KetoCon.org today, and I'll see you there. Everyone, welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry, Marie, and Mary Holland. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts in 
and Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public and private law, and Mary is uh, the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic as well as the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find Mary at childrenshealthdefense.org. We are going over the most read news and views of the week with Mary. So the next uh, big tech headline reads, Top Scientists Find Substantial Scientific Evidence RF Radiation Causes Cancer. So Mary, what did four of the world's top experts find uh, in this landmark review of the latest science? What was the response from the FCC as well? Well, this group of top scientists who among them have published over 1,600 scientific articles have found that the levels of current radi- radiation um, are harmful and they can lead to cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this radiation are, it's a kind of classic endocrine disruptor and it can affect fertility. And um, the Federal Communications Commission has been aware of this. The FDA has been aware of this. And they compare what's been done on these levels of radiation to tobacco science. That They know it's wrong, but they're just favoring the big corporations mm-hmm. to the detriment of normal people. Yeah, you brought up tobacco. <laughs> you know, how is this synonymous with the tobacco industry in the 60s and 70s? It is. It's really exactly the same thing. It's the same playbook. It's the same big corporations. And they have the money, and they buy scientists. And uh, the scientists tell them what they want. And it's really wrong. Mm. And the World Health Organization, what did they have to say about this landmark review? Um, I, did, I didn't know that they spoke. I, I missed that, actually, Bernadette. Did they speak directly to this? I mean, they basically, in general, have been more uh, concerned about radiation than the U.S. has been. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know if they if they addressed it in this article, but, you know, the World Health Organization is so involved in so many different things. I just assumed uh, that perhaps they were in on this as well. I, in, well, there is a group that uh, of basically corporate insiders who um, report to the WHO on radiation, and they're, it's called ICNRP, is that uh, kind of institution, and it's also bought, it's corporate. But uh, actually, I think there's a slightly higher degree of acknowledgement of the risks of radiation in the International Agency on Research in Cancer, which is under the WHO. Mm-hmm. Um, IARC has actually been fairly good. Um, much better than the U.S. FDA. The U.S. FDA did commission a report from the National Toxicology Program, and the national this was in the 90s, and the National Toxicology Program said, yes, this is very toxic and can be harmful, and basically the FDA uh, just let it sit on a shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that I think that is important, uh, you know, that are the young people in this country, they weren't around. We were barely around, at least I speak for myself here. You know, when they used to run commercials on television in the 50s and 60s with, with doctors smoking cigarettes, promoting it being good for your health, right? Right. They don't. They don't know that, so they're not going to make the um, the comparison between the tobacco industry and now. They, a lot of a lot of these young people, like my daughters, you know, they've never they never saw that, so they they may think, oh, how bad can it really be? It's really bad. These this this RF radiation, right? 
Right, right. Well, and what's so we write a lot about this now, and we've got lawsuits on this, Bernadette. It's the fact that it's becoming ever-present, right? They just keep putting up new towers and new antennas, and they're putting them up within distances that clearly can be harmful to people. They're putting them up in residential neighborhoods. And most people don't have the financial or personal liberty to just pick up and move because somebody has put a toxic dump, essentially, like beaming in their window. This is the level of surveillance and um, toxic exposures we're talking about right now, that they're putting up these antennas and these towers everywhere with no regard for what this might be doing to people in general and especially to people who are already what's called electrosensitive. There are people who clearly cannot tolerate being near Wi-Fi or an antenna, um, and it gives them all kinds of very serious medical conditions. And uh, it's happening because it's commercially, it's a money-making endeavor. Yeah, no. And there's another story in the top uh, news and views in the Defender newsletter. And we'll, we can jump to it now if you want, uh, because it's, it, this is a headless, this is the eighth headline uh, that reads from uh, nine leading experts, RF radiation can lead to brain damage and Alzheimer's. Mary, what did Suzanne Burdick, a PhD, report in this piece that's directly related to the story? Well, it is um, directly related, right. So there, the, in this piece, it's, it's reviewing an article by nine experts who find that this kind of radiation from cell towers and cell phones can lead to brain damage. And this is based on a peer-reviewed paper in a major medical journal, and it's finding that these smart meters and 5G towers absolutely can lead to brain damage. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, our, one of the doctors cited here, Dr. Hardell, has published over 100 papers on non-ionizing radiation. And um, it's just, we've, one of the scientists, Dr. Nyberg, says we just have to stop this rollout until we can really come up with appropriate guidelines. What's happening definitely is violating fundamental human rights. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the things that I really picked up from that article. It was a, uh, it was um, uh, Mona Nilsson or Nilsson. Uh, she's the managing director for the Swedish radi- radi- Swedish Radiation Protection Foundation, that said, you know, it's a clear violation of human rights. So, you know, I don't know how we fight this though, uh, because it's it's and then then last week we covered a story where they're talking about even six G already, right? Which is has got to be even more. It's stronger, right? Is it? It is. Str- it, 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 well, and remember what we talked about is that they, they want humans to wear, I don't know if we talked about it. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. We yeah, we did. They, they wear copper bracelets and having the body be ground. We are electromagnetic beings, and we run on electrical impulses and frequencies. And so the notion that this has no effect is just silly. It's just completely silly. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's, there's really a need for truth-telling in this area. And we, are, we just filed last week, Bernadette, a lawsuit against um, Los Angeles County uh, in a case where they just put a new set of antennas in a relatively poor Latino neighborhood. And the neighborhood is standing up and we're helping them with legal Mm -hmm. assistance. We can't let these towers just be placed anywhere where corporations want them without regard to the people who live there. 
You know, some people, Mary, uh, uh, think that they're a bioweapon. Would you agree with that, or is that just a little too out there? Well, certainly (laughs) radiation can be used as a weapon. There's no question about that. I think we don't have the proof to show that this... Um, all of these uh, devices that are being placed everywhere have the intent to be bioweapons. But what we can say for sure is that they are causing hazardous health effects and they absolutely will be used not only to send signals for your cell phone or for your downloading information, but they will be used for surveillance as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they will have to figure out where you are um, in order to send you that information. And there are a lot of things they can do with that information. Yeah, there are. And, you know, I want to leave the listeners with this before we go to the next story. This is an article from the Epic Times. It's how to protect yourself and your loved ones from EMFs. And there are some ways. So you should consider turning your Wi-Fi off for a large portion of the day, especially while you sleep. You can install a switch to easily turn it on and off. Uh, Take your Apple Watch, your Fitbit, or other wearables off. Consider not wearing them at all. Ditch your microwave oven. Keep your phone in airplane mode, right, when you're not using it. Um, Don't use Bluetooth in your car car, turn it off to avoid EMFs, avoid smart appliances, home devices, thermostats, and 5G-enabled cell phones, and use the speaker function on your phone and hold it further away from your body. Uh, I say don't sleep with your phone. So many people do that, right? (laughs) They sleep with it right next to their head at night under their pillow. Terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, you and know, I'll cons- just add one more to that list, um, Bernadette. These these wireless headphones that people have—that means <gasps> that the sound is being transmitted through your head. Don't do that. Right. Just get wired yeah. headphones. No, no, no. My my daughter actually had a problem with that. One, my youngest one, and she uh, I can't use them anymore. Thank goodness. I'm glad. You know, but you know, you don't. All right. It seems like her interwebs is doing that funny thing again. Give her just a moment. She will probably return. Okay. All right. Going to figure out what's going on with it. Folks, you are listening to One Life Radio. We will be back. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Barricade. Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at OneLifeRadio.com. Contagiously positive, One Life Radio is back. 
right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. All right. I don't know what happened there, but I'm glad we're back. We've got our sound back. We're going through the most read news and views of the week with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense.org. The third headline from the most read news and views reads, uh, Boulder County targets Latinos with fear campaign to get parents to vaccinate young kids for COVID. Mary, why is Boulder County targeting Latinos with a fear campaign to vaccinate their young children? Only zero to 11 years in spite of California dropping its planned vaccine mandates, as well as uh, Sweden stopped vaccinating children under the age of 12. And even the UK no longer recommends COVID-19 boosters for anyone uh, um, under the age of 50. And so what is Boulder County Public Health? Uh, what if that? What are they doing, Mary? Did we lose Mary? It looks like we lost Mary. I think she hung okay. up. Hang on a minute. Let me give her okay. a call real quick. Okay. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this is a crazy show, but it's live. That's the one thing. You know, when you do live anything, you know you're a little uh, vulnerable. But I, I kind of like that in a way. You know, you got to think on your feet. You got to be ready to roll. But uh, this particular um, headline really bothered me for a lot of reasons. And so I asked one of my very closest and dear Latino friends what her thoughts were on it. And uh, she told me some very interesting things. She told me that, you know, uh, it's a 50-50 thing with Latinos, and a lot of them are afraid of the establishment because of their legal status, uh, that they follow the rules so they don't get thrown back to Mexico, uh, and so uh, and then, and that, that they won't get in to trouble. And she also thinks there's a lack of information educating Latinos um, on the Latino stations, who are, of course, mainstream media as well. She doesn't think that they're getting uh, the right uh, uh, balance of information. There's no shows like 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 One Life Radio on a Latino uh, radio station or television station that is presenting the other side. Um, and so, yeah, it's very interesting. Mary and is back. Mary's back. Mary, did you hear Hi. all that? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, Lost yeah. you there for a while. That's okay. It happens. We're live radio. That's what makes it so fun, too, right? <laughs> Did you hear what I said, though, about my, my very uh, close Latino friend who I sat down with her actually this morning and asked her why she thought they were targeting Latinos and what her thoughts were on it? Did you hear what I shared with the audience? No, I'm sorry. I missed that. But, yeah, it is clear they're, they're focused on um, minority communities. Okay. Well, she said that uh, a lot in in her in her circle. Okay, it's about fifty fifty people that are um, you know against vaccines or for vaccines. And let's just keep it the COVID nineteen vaccine for the sake of this conversation. But she said that a lot of them are afraid of the establishment because of their legal status, and so they they follow the rules so they don't get in her words thrown back to Mexico, and so they won't get into trouble. And she really feels that there's a lack of information uh, in the Latino news media. Well, that's that's good to that's good to know. That's certainly something that we, you know, we we do have some of our articles translated into Spanish. Uh, this one may be I, I'd have to go back and look at the Defender, but uh, it's a good point that that fear-based messaging is even more potent when people fear a deportation. No question. Right. 
That's right. Well, you know, the thing about this article in The Defender, and I'll reread the title again, it's Boulder County Targets Latinos with Fear Campaign to Get Parents to Vaccinate Young Kids for COVID. There's even a $40 incentive here again. So we're back to that. And she said that that should be a red flag, that it's a she herself said that is a red flag. And everybody should understand that Latino or not. Flag. If they have to pay you to take it, it can't be totally for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they hired this uh, this um, advertising uh, agency, Got Godot or Godot. Oh, right, waiting for Godot. I think it's named after the play. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all about sales. This has nothing to do with health, clearly. And they're targeting young children, right, zero mm-hmm. to eleven years old. Um, and they're basically saying that anybody who doesn't take the shot is selfish and ignorant. I and mean, this is outrageous. Yeah, no, I know. That's terrible. You know, so, um, so you know, to go a little further in this, there's a group called SAGE, or Strategic Advisory Group of Experts within the World Health Organization. Uh, why have they conducted so much extensive research on cam- combating vaccine hesitancy through tailored messaging campaigns, as reported in this piece from the Defender newsletter, as I dug deep into it like I always like to do? Well, I think what we know about the World Health Organization is that at least half of its budget comes from corporations, and a huge part of that comes from the pharmaceutical industry and Mm -hmm. from the Gates Foundation entities like Global Alliance for Vaccination and Immunization and CEPI, the Coalition for Emergency Preparedness. So they're all about pushing vaccines. That's just what they do. Wow. All right. Well, we got cut short on some time, so I'm going to move quickly to the next story. Uh, The next story headline from the Defender Newsletter, Most Read News and Views of the Week, reads, No doubt Fauci funded gain-of-function research that likely led to pandemic, former CDC director tells lawmakers. Mary, can you give us more details on this story? Well, it's very interesting that um, Mr. Redfield, the former director, Dr. Redfield, the former director of the CDC, testified before Congress last week, and he basically said there's no question that the U.S. government, that NIH funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology, including also the State Department, and that likely tax dollars did go towards uh, the uh, work for the COVID virus that uh, escaped from the lab. And he, Redfield, so this is sort of opening up some real differences between him and and Tony Fauci, and Redfield is saying we need a moratorium on gain-of-function now, and then we need to figure it out. And he says that while he was at the CDC, I didn't know this, this is interesting, he shut down Fort Detrick, which is the the U.S. military's place where they engage in um, gain-of-function research. And gain-of-function is a euphemism. It basically means bioweapons research, right? But he also basically says in so many words that Dr. Fauci was trying to cover up NIH's role in funding the Wuhan Institute and bat coronavirus research, which they did. Mm. Has there been any, any other fallout from Dr. Redfield's statements or the other witnesses? that uh, there, there are some other witnesses. There were, right? The other witnesses weren't as um, clear as, as Dr. Redfield was. I, it seems to be getting quite a bit of play, and Dr. Fauci, who was just on a TV show, um, seems to be uh, somewhat... Um, uh, it seems to have had some impact on, on how he's being perceived in the media. Mm. Huh, yeah, he could use a he could use a little uh, <laughs> right. 
I don't even know what the word is. I don't want to go there, but <laughs> you know, um, you know, I'm Jerry. Now I, I wanted, uh, do we need to go to break now or should we wait until uh, a few more minutes? Because of the uh, no, we're totally problem. on schedule for. We're totally on schedule. Yeah. Okay, oh, we're on schedule. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move to the next story because we're halfway through the top ten uh, most read news and views from the Defender newsletter and the Children's Health The next headline reads: How Warren Buffett and Bill Gates made a killing off of uh, the childhood obesity epidemic. So, Mary. Can we talk about these two of the richest men in the world who are heavily invested in big food, uh, their ROI or return on investment, and who's paying the price? This was my favorite story, by the way. It just, it it's just. It's a great lit story. I agree. It's very, it's very in depth, and it's not something that I think about all the time. But Warren Buffett is good friends with um, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett has put billions of dollars into the Gates Foundation. And they're both heavily invested in high fructose corn syrup, which we know is really bad for you, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's worse than sugar. And we know that by 2035, 100% of um, boys will have a 100% higher obesity rate. Girls will have a 125% increased obesity rate. And Warren Buffett, when you stop and look at it, what is he invested in? It's all junk foods. He's candies, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Heinz, Mondelez, which has all kinds of junk foods. These are processed foods and basically um, – these guys, uh, Buffett, they own the farmland, they own the storage, they own the oil, they own the energy, they own the chemicals, they own the transportation, they own the processing. And all of this stuff is just bad for us, Bernadette. And so it's – and then, of course – there's now medicalization of obesity. The American Academy of Pediatrics just came out saying that anybody, any child who's obese should be put on drugs. So this is just sickening, honestly. And, and, and one of the most sickening things in the article is J.P. Morgan, a major American bank and investment firm, says this is a $30 billion annual opportunity. Uh, to see children's wow. obesity financial opportunity, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just right. perverted. And it's easy for these guys to say because they eat the finest food in the world. These guys are multi, multi, multi billionaires. You know, they're not, they're eating only the best food and drinking the best water and wine and whatever it is available in the free world, right? Uh, oh. You know, uh, last week we had Stacey Malkin on the show. She's the co founder and managing editor of the U.S. Right to Know, which is a nonprofit oh, investigative hey. research group. Yeah. Sure. And, and we talked about, uh, you know, their report of findings. And the, the topic was can the nutrition industry be trusted? The answer is no, based on this article and investigation that they did and that the uh, the Academy accepted millions of dollars from food, uh, pharmaceutical and agribusiness, the Academy being the Academy of, where is it? Uh, Marie, can you help me out with this? Nutrition. She's yeah, with, with the nutrition dietetics. and yeah, 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 the nutrition and dietetics uh, academy or association? association, association, and 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 the people that were the biggest top contributors were the National Dairy Council, Congra, Abbott Nutrition, Abbott Laboratories, uh, PepsiCo, Coca Cola, Hershey, General Mills, and it, and the list goes on. But it's just incredible, and so. You know, we've got all this just corruption behind the scenes, these backhand deals that are that are being done, and they don't care about the children that are suffering. And obesity shortens your life. It ruins your childhood. I mean, there's nothing good coming out of this except that they're making a big return on investment. Right, Mary? It makes me sick. 
Correct. It is. It's sickening. It's just, it's, it's losing your humanity. If, if your humanity, if you don't have enough humanity to want children to be healthy, and instead you see making children obese as a financial opportunity, I mean, there's really something wrong with those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? We need to boycott, comp- boycott companies like that. We need to boycott Seas Candy. I'm sure when he bought it, he took the sugar out and replaced it with high fructose corn syrup. I don't, corn syrup. I don't know that to be a fact. But, uh, but yeah, we need to boycott companies like Seas Candies that Warren Buffett owns. If he thinks it's okay to fatten your child up while he makes billions of dollars, he and Bill Gates, we need to boycott everything they're involved in. That's what I say. So, I think you're on to something. I told you that was one of my favorite stories. It jacked me way up. (laughs) We're going to have to go to break here. We're going to break real quick. We'll be right back. More coming up with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense. You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in uh, Southern California on ABC News Talk. Okay, so Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of the Children's Health Defense. And every Monday we go through the most read news and views of the week. And we are on story number six. So uh, we have just a few more headlines to go. Uh, The next one reads, let everyone, or excuse me, let everybody read it. Senate votes to declassify U.S. intelligence on COVID origins. Mary, what can you tell us about this bill, and do you think it will reveal the truth? Well, this is exciting that um, Senator Hawley of Missouri put in an act uh, for the uh, COVID-19 Origin uh, Act of 2023, and it passed by unanimous vote mm. uh, in the Senate. It will now go to the House. Um, it's not clear, you know, it will pass the House. But I think it's critical that people be able to evaluate for themselves what information did the United States have about what did the U.S. intelligence agencies have about the nature of COVID. Um, I hope that this does pass. Okay, so the next story reads, what's behind the skyrocketing cases of Bell's palsy? This is a very interesting story. Mary, what can you tell us? What did Dr. Joseph Mercola have to say in this piece that he wrote for the Defender newsletter? So Bell's palsy is when a part of your face 
basically is no longer responsive to your nerves, and it just kind of hangs there. And um, you can't smile properly or look with your eyes properly. It becomes essentially immobilized. So uh, there's been an increase in Bell's palsy of 8.6% in people who've had COVID. There's also been an increase in Bell's palsy of 6.8% in people who got the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people who have been vaccinated with COVID shots have a three and a half to seven times higher rate than expected of Bell's palsy, which is very unpleasant. It often can dissipate, but but it also can be long-lasting. We do know that um, Bell's palsy is a vaccine side effect to hepatitis B shots, meningococcus, smallpox, and flu. And they think that the reason behind this is molecular mimicry. In other words, again, it's causing kind of an autoimmune disorder where your body thinks that the molecules of the COVID shot are somehow related to body, to molecules that you have inside your body. But it's very, I've had friends who've had Bell's palsy. It's very unpleasant. You feel very um, awkward. You know, you don't feel like your face is your of face. Of course. You identify with your face. So Yeah. No, I actually have a friend. I, I texted her yesterday. She lives in Southern California as well, V. Capaldi. She ha- got Bell, Bell's palsy from an, a hepatitis B shot, like you said. And then she went on to be, uh, she had neurological damage and she uh, got M- MS and had to uh, heal her body. It took her about, I think, 10 years to to, com- to completely heal herself from it. But, yeah, she got very vaccine injured, and, of course, there was no recourse. Um, I don't know if she ever made a VAERS report on it. I bet she did. But, you know, these are the kind of things that you don't hear about, and you're not going to read about it before you go and get a vaccine, but they are very real side effects absolutely. that can happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's interesting that her Bell's palsy was also associated with her multiple sclerosis, which came yeah. from Happy. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, okay, so let's go to the we've got two more headlines to go from the Defender newsletter. The next headline is about big chemical and it reads microplastics could cross over from mother to fetus study show. So, Mary, what did the authors of this peer reviewed study publish? It was published in nanomaterials show. Well, I think that we know that, um, you know, humans and animals uh, suffer from microplastic pollution, right? You, you get sort of plastic in, in the foods that you eat. But this was a peer-reviewed study to feed um, mice microplastics, to feed pregnant, I'm sorry, to feed pregnant rats mm-hmm. uh, microplastics intentionally and see if it passed to the rat fetuses and to see what happened to the fetuses. And in fact, it showed that it does get um, the, the microplastics do um, pass the placental border between the mother and the fetus. And then the, these microplastics were incorporated into all of the rat fetus's organs. And so one of the physicians and uh, an obstetrician and gynecologist, James Thorpe, said it, it was a no-brainer that it would go into the placenta. And um, this was funded by a U.S. government environmental health agency. This is really... Uh, problematic, right? It just shows that pregnant women need to be so Mm -hmm. careful in today's world um, because everything basically goes on to the fetus. Yeah. What I think is even more problematic that they address in this article from the Defender newsletter is that the two top global plastic polluters are 
guess who? Coca-Cola and PepsiCo, <laughs> according to a 2021 report, and they have done little to reduce their plastic production. If you remember what we were talking about earlier in the broadcast, uh, Warren Buffett and uh, Bill Gates are both heavily invested right. and get a lot of ROI from right. uh, those stocks, right? And being yeah. heavily invested in those companies. And so they're also contributing to this microplastics um, being in our, in our environment. Isn't there recent research that says that we have the we uh, consume or ingest the equivalent of like one credit card a week or a, a month? A week is what this article yeah. says, which is yeah. horrifying. Uh, but yes, this article suggests that people basically ingest about a credit card's worth of plastics every week. Yeah. Well, you know, I've said this before. We ought to go back to that old system where you like leave a nickel or a dime, whatever, for every bottle that you take of Coca-Cola and Pepsi and then you bring it back, you know, back like back in the day. And I I don't know why they don't do it. I think that, yeah, yeah, Vermont was one of the last states, I believe, to uh, stop doing it. But we need to go back to that. We need to get the plastic out of our world. It's clearly poisoning us and we need to do something about it. Where we start, I don't know. Where should we start, Mary? Well, I think on, on this one, it's kind of easy. We, we know these soft drinks are high fructose corn syrup and, and sugar, and it's just really like, just don't buy it. Vote with mm-hmm. your dollars. Yeah. And even the bottled water, you know, and, 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 and I know this about PepsiCo and because, uh, uh, you know, we used to get the Pepsi truck would come to Pizza Patron and Wingstop and they'd park out front and they'd unload, uh, you know, the big two liter bottles. And those in, here in Texas, you know this, Mary, from being in Texas often, uh, that that gets very hot here in the summer. And those two liter bottles and or 16 ounce, whatever they are, sit on those trucks in that Texas sun and in just that. heat up and heat up and release those microplastics into the liquid as well and so uh a lot to consider there but uh we'll go to the last story because we don't want to run don't want to run out of time so the last headline from this week's top 10's new top 10 news and views from the defender newsletter reads digital currencies could signal the end of liberty tech expert tells kim iverson mary this may be the most important issue of our time what did susan burdick phd report in this piece on big tech Kim Iverson, uh, with her own media platform, interviewed Michael Rechtenwald, um, a Ph.D. who had written a book called The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty. And the idea of this digital, central bank digital currency, which are being piloted around the world, is it could give complete surveillance to governments, and this could be the closing of a totalitarian circle. Uh, The CBDCs allow for surveillance. They also allow for real-time taxation. In other words, when you buy whatever, X, Y, Z, they'll just take 15% out. But you don't get the chance to decide later on whether you pay oh, that or not. Yeah. Um, and it does dovetail with the digital ID work that's being done. And um, the, the article suggests that the emphasis on catastrophes, catastrophism of climate change and of pandemics and so on, is, is made to order to justify these kinds of totalitarian measures. I should point out that last week we saw two bank failures. Right. Uh, and both of them were involved in cryptocurrency, and there may be an argument of, oh, we can only solve the problem with banks if we have central bank digital currencies. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was intentional. I question everything, but you're right. And that's scary. I didn't even think of the tax part of this, that they would instantly be able to tax you and then put that money in bank accounts and make even more money with it, right? Oh, my gosh. Wow, wow, wow. Mary, sorry for all of the technical difficulties today. I don't know what was happening, but I appreciate you being 
uh, so fluid about it. Thank you so much for your for all the work that you do at the Children's Health Defense.org. You Bernadette. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome, Mary. Okay, everyone. Gosh, I'm a little uh <laughs> feel like I've been spun around like 20 times <laughs> from this broadcast. But you know what? We did it and it's important. So sign up for the children's health defense.org. Go to and get sign up for the Defender newsletter because you get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. We need to all pay attention to what's going on and try to stop it.